Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Would you give a range as to how far away a muzzle would have been from the six? The range that I would give to that would be uh, 8 to 12 inches. A crime scene reconstruction expert testifies in the YNW Melly trial along with a victim's mother and two reluctant witnesses. Did you smoke before you came here today? I did not. Oh. I should have. <laughs> One woman deemed a hostile witness. Are you nervous? I feel threatened. These are some of the top moments from witnesses in the YNW Melly trial so far. Welcome to Law and Crime Sidebar Podcast. I'm Anjanette Levy. The state's case is wrapping up in the double murder trial of YNW Melly. Melly, whose legal name is Jamel Demons, faces the possibility of the death penalty if convicted of the 2018 murders of two YNW members, Chris Juvie Thomas and Anthony Sackchaser Williams. A number of witnesses have testified for the state. Others knew Melly and the victims. Danny Polo was one witness who entered the trial with an air of controversy. He's the state's gang expert and asked to appear in court wearing a mask. Why, you might ask? To protect his identity. Polo said he had a $50,000 bounty on his head because of his work. He spent two days testifying about text messages extracted from Melly's cell phone. Polo read one message where Melly asked for a gun in a text to his mother after the murders. Jamie King is sending a text message to her son. Send me your location. I'm in Stewart. I love you so much. He then sends a return the location showing at or about the time of the crime as to who was using and doing that. Okay. Love you again from Jamie King. I'm at your gate. I'm going to get the trash. The next response is bring Mariah, which you honors already heard testimony that Felicia Holmes, her daughter, Mariah Hamilton, was in a dating relationship with this defendant and that at this time and that there was conversations and that she has identified Mariah as Mariah Hamilton. Then there is okay. It continues. He then asks his mother to buy him a Glock ASAP and telling her, like, go now. So she then responds, okay, what's wrong? She says, I got your 45. Then his response, I just don't want no illegal gun. Well, that's not illegal. Polo went through a number of text messages for the jury, essentially translating the content for jurors. He explained why he believed some of them showed Melly was a gang member, specifically the G-Shine blood set. Do you see the individual identified as Jamal Dimmons in this picture? Subject right there. Okay. G-Shine. The other individuals that are in this photo, were you able to identify them? Yes. And who are they? 
is Jamon Mitchell. He was in the email chain um, sent through the YNW Melly booking Gmail account. This is Jaquan Burton, Q-Shine, or uh, Herc, as saved on the phone. This is Derek Dixon, uh, aka Gino, saved on the 9807 phone number. And the hand signs and symbols that are being shown, what are they indicative of? So, this hand sign right here, that's a big B for blood. This right here is G-Shine, same hand sign that Melly. Mr. Demons is throwing up. Same hand sign he puts on his music albums and commonly uses. It's a specific hand sign, just the G shine, to the Gangster Killer Bloods. Well, this is a universal hand sign for Bloods. This is universal hand sign for Bloods. This, this is specific to Gangster Killer Bloods. One witness who testified during the first week of the trial was the mother of Melly's girlfriend at the time of the murders, Felicia Holmes. It was clear from the time that Holmes took the stand that she didn't want to be there. Good morning, Ms. Holmes. Good morning. How are you today? Not good. Are you cold? No, I'm just, um, you know, I just feel, I don't feel comfortable. Are you nervous? I feel threatened. We'll have more on why Holmes claims she felt threatened in a moment. Assistant State Attorney Christine Bradley called Felicia Holmes for a couple of reasons. First, she wanted Holmes to testify about a call her daughter Mariah Hamilton received from Melly right after the murders. Bradley said Holmes originally told law enforcement in 2018 that Melly told her daughter that he and his friends had been shot in a drive-by. I remember speaking with law enforcement in December of 2018. I remember speaking with them, but I couldn't. I don't remember what they look like. I don't remember their names, okay. but I do remember talking to someone. Okay, so, Miss Holmes, I want to ask you: Were you honest and truthful with law enforcement when you spoke with them? I, I would hope so. I mean, it was it was 2018. I was I went through a lot in that year, so I'm not sure where my my mindset was at that time. Did you lie to law enforcement? I would hope not. I don't remember. I don't remember my. I don't remember my, what I said that <coughs> was like five years ago. Oh, of course, of course. I understand. It's been a long time. Holmes's 2018 statement is important to the prosecution. If Melly made the claim about a drive-by shooting to his girlfriend, it bolsters the state's theory that Melly and YNW Bortland made up the story about the drive-by to cover up the fact that Melly and Bortland murdered Juvie and Sack. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Bradley was granted permission to treat Holmes as a hostile witness. Holmes didn't hold back and offered an explanation about why her story changed. I do remember that they kind of bullied me and threatened my daughter. To take her to jail for accessory after the bed. I do remember that. Yes. And in terms of the 
statements that you made about what happened, you don't have any recollection of that. Did you read this statement multiple times? I, I looked at it and I just didn't recall it and I, yeah. And so you indicated you hoped you were truthful with law enforcement. Yes, I did. I have to ask you to be more definitive. Were you truthful? I don't remember what I said to them back then. So if I was to tell you something now, I could be lying. I don't want to lie on the stand because you're going to take me to jail. So I'm saying what you want me to say. I do not want you to say anything. I want you to tell the truth. Okay, that's what I'm doing. Bradley suggested that Melly was paying off Holmes and her daughter to stay quiet and even showed Holmes's Instagram messages to the jury to impeach her. Have you ever made a statement to the effect of you were told to quit your job and the defense would take care of us? Of the judge? No. Excuse me. The defense? No. On cross, the defense made sure the jury knew who made Holmes feel threatened. When you first took the stand, you said, I feel threatened. Yes, sir, I do. Who do you feel threatened I by? Christine, your honor. Christine Bradley, the prosecutor's office. This prosecutor? Yes, I do. Thank you. Perhaps one of the state's strongest witnesses was Sergeant Christopher Williams. He's a crime scene reconstruction expert. He said he analyzed and measured the SUV the victims, Melly and Bortland, were riding in that night and came to the conclusion that the fatal shots had to have come from the back seat of the vehicle. How can you tell the ladies and gentlemen of this jury that, for example, shot that was marked as H in the, here, let's go to six, seven, five, five. How can you tell the ladies and gentlemen of the jury that shot H is not the one that wound up in the face of Mr. Thomas. Because Mr. Thomas is already uh, crumpling at this point, and he is actually out of the, he's in the clear, if you will, of, of uh, Site H. How can you tell the ladies and gentlemen of the jury that Site H is not the shot to the back of the head of Anthony Williams? Because Site H continues and strikes Anthony Williams in the shoulder. In terms of site K, the one that goes completely across the car, how can you tell that no one was sitting in a rear driver's side seat when that bullet came through the car? It would have hit their legs. Was there any sign of blood or anything on that seat? There were signs of blood on the seat, yes. Williams went on to say that his measurements showed that the shots came from the rear passenger side seat. This is the driver's side rear compartment area with the driver's side rear passenger door in the open position. Okay. So going forward to the next image, which is 4876, what are we looking at here? You see that there's a reaction to blood on the door. And so what does that tell you as a shooting reconstructionist? It tells me that the door was closed during the shooting incident inside the vehicle. Okay. And again, 4877. This is the same thing. So Sergeant Williams, in terms of the 
stippling and powder tattooing that was present on Mr. Thomas. Would you give a range as to how far away a muzzle would have been from his face? The range that I would give to that would be uh, 8 to 12 inches. And without a, the actual firearm that caused that wound, could you do a recreation? I could not. But again, like I said earlier, this is a unique case where our shooting is confined to a known area with known uh, confinement measurements, and, and it can be deduced. One of the most powerful moments of the trial could also have been one of the shortest. The prosecution called Juvie's mom to the stand. Leandra Phillips only testified for a matter of minutes. And um, are you related to one of the decedents in this case? Yes, I am. How's that? I'm his mother. And who is that? Christopher Thomas. Prosecutors called Phillips for a limited purpose of identifying the people in the surveillance video leaving the recording studio right before the murders. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Positive 219.15. Um, Ms. Phillips, did you see who entered into the occupants who entered into that gray, gray Jeep? Mm -hmm. And is that a yes? Yes. Do you recognize where your son entered that gray Jeep? Yes. Which seat, if you can identify for the jury? Um, he got in the back seat on the um, right-hand side. Did you recognize the individual that got into the back seat on the left side, the rear driver's side? Yes. And who was that individual? Jamel. And Jamel, is that the defendant, Jamel Demons? Yes, ma'am. And do you know him by another name? Melly. And do you see uh, Melly Jamel Demons in the court? Yes, I do. Can you identify him by article of clothing and where he's sitting in the courtroom? Um, he's sitting over there. Um, he has um, a tuxedo. For, I think it was for. One of the things that's very interesting about the YNW Melly trial is the fact that there are witnesses who simply do not want to testify. Many of them were either with Melly, Bortland, and the victims that night. Prosecutors said they've tried to track them down and even issued subpoenas, but many simply won't cooperate. It's not unusual in a case like this. People are scared of being labeled a snitch. But last week, when the trial was in recess, one witness who was at the recording studio that night actually appeared for a deposition, fearing he would be arrested if he didn't. Travion Glass was at the recording studio and got into a red car at the same time Melly, Bortland, Juvie, and Seth left in a gray SUV. 
And was everybody in that red car headed to Melly's house? To the best of my knowledge. Okay. And what about the Jeep? Where was your understanding that that Jeep was headed? The gray Jeep? Same spot. So both cars left the studio with the intention of heading to what you identify as Melly's house. Correct. But the state says that didn't happen. At one point along the ride, the Jeep went in another direction. The red car arrived at the gate at Melly's complex, but the gray Jeep didn't travel with them. Travion Glass said he went to sleep and was awakened to the news that Juvie and Sack were dead. He went to the hospital and then to Fredo Bangs' house. Bangs picked up Melly after the homicides. And who was at Fredo's house when you first got there? Everybody that was in the house. Okay, and it's because I don't know who everybody was or is, can you please specify? Um, Kobe, Melly. I'm the only people I can remember. Okay, was that the first time you saw Melly after you guys left the studio? Mm, yeah. Was Melly wearing the same clothes or different clothes than when you saw him at the studio? It was a, a new day. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. You guys he wasn't wearing the same clothes. Okay. Do you recall what he was wearing? He just had on some shorts. Now, this is a big moment for the state. Travion Glass is basically saying that Melly was wearing different clothes than the clothes he had on at the recording studio. So sometime that night, he changed. You've never seen Melly with a gun. Objection, Your Honor. Staying. Move to strike. Here's this girl, last question. Have you ever seen Melly with a gun? Objection, Your Honor. I sustain the objection. <clears throat> Have you ever seen a track with a gun? Possibly. Yes. Maybe. Maybe so. You don't know of any friction between Melly and Anthony Davis at any time, Anthony Williams at any time? I don't know. And you don't know of any friction between Melly and Christopher Thomas at any time? I don't know. And you don't know of any friction that occurred at the studio that night that would cause anybody to get murdered? Objection, you didn't see any friction at the studio that night of any magnitude? I did. You did? I did it. Okay, you did. Um, in res with respect to your daily uh, marijuana regimen, did you smoke before you came here today? I did not. Okay. I have nothing for you. Thank you. I should have. <laughs> <laughs> The lead detective in the murder case, Mark Moretti, took the stand and revealed what he did not find in the investigation. Were any man purses, satchels found in that Reggie? No, ma'am. Specifically, this, the beige one that's pictured at 21840? No, ma'am, we did not recover that. Okay. Continuing forward to 219.05 was a black satchel recovered. No, ma'am. Specifically the one that is seen in the individual in the black and white jacket. Correct. Did Mr. Henry have possession of either of those satchels or man purses at the hospital? No, ma'am. 
That's a pretty big moment for the state because basically Bortland told the police that they left the recording studio, they were involved in a drive-by, and then he took his friends to the hospital. But those man purses were never recovered from the vehicle. That's it for this edition of Law & Crime Sidebar Podcast. You can listen to and download Sidebar on Apple, Spotify, Google, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, you can always watch it on Law & Crime's YouTube channel. I'm Anjanette Levy, and we will see you next time. Thank you.